Saint-Pierre-Marnique is known as much for the eruption of Mount Pelly that destroyed it as it's known for the snake invasion that preceded it. Today, we'll discuss how these two events are related, some of the other biblical-style plagues that cursed it, and what factors led to Saint-Pierre's untimely demise. Next, on Technically a Conversation. listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? I feel like I'm still stuffed like a turkey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I was actually going to ask you, how was your bird holiday? It was lovely. Saw a bunch of family. Some, my little sister came into town. It was really great. How was yours? It was good also. We uh, spent it with my sister this time because my stepmom and my little brother have the flu. <gasps> oh, no. It was a little bit of a change of pace, but it was great spending Thanksgiving with my sister and with my mom, which we haven't done in a while. So it was a good little change. Oh, good. Oh, no. And are they feeling a little bit better today? They said that they're feeling better, but they just barely started getting sick Wednesday, I think. So. Oh, no. Poor things. That stinks. <laughs> I know. That's awful. Well, I hope they feel better. Thanks. I'll, I'll pass your concern on to them. Yes. Did you eat a lot of turkey and watch the egg ball contest? I don't eat turkey and I did not watch. Actually, no, I think I did watch a little bit of football yesterday. I mean, I wasn't really paying attention, but it was on in the background. Cool. Did you do any roller skating? Oh, I wish. That'd be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> did you eat a lot of turkey? I did. Yeah. Almost the trip to fan was like setting in. <laughs> You know what? Like an hour after eating, I was already starting to feel my eyes closing. I could feel like a little <laughs> countdown timer in my head <laughs> telling me. Yeah, yeah. You're like, folks, I'm going down. I've got 30 minutes left <laughs> of conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's almost how it felt. Any awesome Black Friday deals you might have managed to pick up? No, I worked today. So I had, uh, let's see, I had Tuesday and Wednesday off. So there's no early. Well, I guess there was some early blackout. I mean, Black Friday deals at Walmart. But no, I didn't, I didn't pick anything up. Did you? I did. Yeah. What'd you, I, it's always electronics, right? Some good stuff. It is exactly electronics. <laughs> I bought a couple more of those Google speakers because you know how I have like the whole home audio thing going on? Yeah. And then I needed to get a new smartwatch because the one that I have now, it's already starting to bulging and the back popped off. Oh. Yeah. So I was able to super glue it back on. But I feel like that literally is a ticking time bomb and it's going to end up exploding my wrist off or something. No, yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well, it sounds like you, you got some good purchases. Yeah, it definitely stuff that I needed slash wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are always fun gifts for yourself. For sure. Yeah, it's like he works out for his money. That, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's stuff that I've been putting off. But I said, you know, I'm going to wait till Black Friday, see uh, if I can get some good deals. And yeah, at least on the smartwatch, I got that like half off. I think it was 300 and I got it for 150 So I felt like I scored. Oh, that's a great deal. Yeah. That's a really good deal. Cool. Quick shout out to the queens, Elena and Erica, the Duke, Stephen B, Elba, Concha Zoom Pod Podcast, Es Spooky Tales Podcast, and 
Yui Sela, I was very pleasantly surprised <laughs> to see you promoting our podcast. <laughs> Thank you for sharing our post on your social media. Thank you, everybody. Also super excited to see that we're in the top 10% of all global podcasts, according to Listen Notes. Not sure how they got that data, but I'll take it. Yeah. Top 10% out of close to 3 million podcasts. I'm totally down for that. How awesome is that? I wanted to wear like, that's like the biggest flag so far. Hell yeah. I was like super pumped. I was even telling my daughter, she's like, I don't even know what that means. I was like, I don't know either, but you know what? That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who would have imagined our little podcast that could, right? The little podcast that could. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> With all that business out of the way. Yes. You think we should take a little break? Oh, wow. That's a little early for a break. Do we have some fun sponsors that are paying to go early? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, good. Ready to get started? Yes. Great. Let's get started. <laughs> are you familiar with a little book called the Bible? Have you heard the good word today, Sela? I am familiar with that said little book, the bestseller of all time. <laughs> some say it's the second most popular book after the Da Vinci Code. Oh my God. I don't say that, but some people say that. Interesting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's one of your favorite stories from it, or the one that usually comes to mind when you think about it? The Bible, not the Da Vinci Code. Uh, well, that's a good thing you clarified. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't really... <sighs> okay, so I think the one that really comes to mind most often, probably about once a month, is um, when Eve took a bite of the apple of the tree that she, the one tree, you know, that she was told not to. And hence, you know, now we're bleeders every month. Like it's not, it's not a good time every month. Every month I'm like, oh, damn it. If that was true, dang you lady. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we do have knowledge though. I think that's a good trade-off. Sure. Absolutely. We have dominion. That's always good too. Well, unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about that. But the thing that usually comes to my mind is the book of Exodus, specifically the 10 plagues of Egypt. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, with the locusts and all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a scary one. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your favorite plagues? What <laughs> plagues give you FOMO? Honestly, the, the locust one legit kind of gets me scared because I've seen footage of giant ass locusts and it looks like just this black swarmy sea of those things. Oh, it looks gross. Like it really does make me think like, oh my God, what are the other ones? Are they, when's, when's that going to drop? <laughs> like a record. When's that going to drop? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got a mixtape on SoundCloud right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I don't want to hear that one. <laughs> and in case uh, some people skipped catechism like I did, the other plagues are water turning into blood. Frogs, lice or gnats, flies, livestock. I'm not even sure what the livestock was, but that's the way it was listed. Maybe death of livestock. Right. Boils, hail, locusts, which are your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Darkness and death of the firstborn. Now, I think all these plagues sound pretty metal, but turning <laughs> water into blood sounds like something out of a Slayer song. Death of the firstborn is pretty metal too. Metallica wrote a song about it. But if it actually happened, that might be the saddest one. Yes. In your opinion, what would be the worst plague or natural disaster 
that you could imagine living through. Definitely the one of the firstborn, because that's also my only born. <laughs> so that would be the ultimate worst, I think. I, blood can come down all day long, but it's not my daughter's blood. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely does sound awful. Today, we're going to talk about an event that sounds like it's straight out of the Old Testament. Ooh. We're going back to the legacy on this fucker. This story has everything. Volcanic eruptions, tremors, attacks by red ants, centipedes, and snakes. But hold my beer, Isela. That's not all. Oh my God. There's also boiling mudslides, government negligence, the nauseating stench of sulfur filling the air, exploding alcohol distilleries, and tsunamis. All these events combined like the mighty Voltron to reduce a town's population from 30,000 people to two. And you might be thinking, when did this happen? I never heard of this. Was this in 10,000 BCE? Was it 2,000 years ago? It happened in 1902 in St. Pierre, Martinique in the West Indies. Are you familiar with this event, Isela? No, not at all. According to a Naked History article, link in the show notes, it all started in April of 1902 when steaming vent holes and tremors started to be seen and felt around Mount Belly. The people of St. Pierre, however, were very used to the constant volcanic activity and never gave it a second thought. Mount Belly was considered to be the only thing that ruined the otherwise picturesque village, which was full of beautiful tropical plants, charming streets, and red-tiled cottages. St. Pierre was referred to as the Paris of the West Indies. Hmm. Of the 30,000 residents, 20,000 of them were native Martinicans. The rest were wealthy Creoles and French colonial officials. On April 23, 1902, some minor explosions began at the summit of Mount Pelly, and by early May, ash was constantly raining down on the area, and there was a nauseating stench of sulfur in the air. The ash and stench were so bad that the homes on the mountainside were no longer habitable. <gasps> the people weren't the only things that were disrupted from their habitats. Swarms of red ants started attacking the horses, pigs, dogs, and people as they crawled up their legs and bit them. Oh. It was reported that even the animals were screaming from the pain. Could you imagine that shit being covered by a swarm of ants being constantly bitten? That sounds awful. It does, and the damn fire ants burn like a motherfucker too. I bet. I feel like the lava itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so three plagues down, only 12 more to go. Actually, I'm kidding. It's only seven more. <laughs> Just as the people were starting to get a little bit of relief from the red ant swarm, two more swarms came for the throne. More than 100 snakes and centipedes came down Mount Pelly and invaded the mulatto quarters of St. Pierre. There wasn't an exact count of how many snakes, only more than 100, but they killed over 50 people, mostly children, and many, many animals. Like the ants, the centipedes would crawl up the legs of animals and bite them. So if you had to pick your death, which one seems less awful? Snakes, centipedes, or red ants? Does the centipede act like the snake where it almost just kind of like slowly, if it's venomous, slowly kills you? I was reading something like that, that it does have a very powerful venom. Oh, shit. Whichever would be the fastest at that point. It's probably not the ants. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would be the most painful. 
<laughs> that would be the most painful. Yeah, the <laughs> slowest. I would prefer just to go out quick, as quick as possible. <laughs> Same. I think that I would take the snake bite. Like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, one and done, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although in retrospect, we now know that was the Dollar Tree vaccine. So. <laughs> <laughs> On May 5th, one day shy of Seiso de Mayo, a landslide of boiling mud and water from the Itang Sec Crater Lake spilled into the River Blanche. This killed 23 people who were working at a rum distillery near the mouth of the river. The people were barely starting to come to their senses of what happened when a tsunami followed the landslide, killing hundreds of people. As you could imagine, after so many catastrophes, the people of St. Pierre were getting restless and becoming concerned for the safety of the town. They wanted to leave for Fort de France, the second biggest city in Martinique. The reason they didn't after this quick commercial break. <laughs> Are local lore, legends, and laughter your thing? Then come check out our podcast, or so they say, where two sisters travel small-town America, one ghostly tale at a time. We're your hosts, Midwest twins Megan and Kelsey. Join us every Thursday where you get to hear not just the history behind haunted locations, but our own personal experiences as well. Faceless nuns. Check. Harmonica playing ghost. Check. Tangents that have nothing to do with spooky things whatsoever. You have no idea. So join our spooky crew and follow along as we investigate a haunted place near you. Listen to, or so they say, wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Come check us out. Goodbye. Bye. And we're back. <laughs> Were you attacked by any ants or snakes during our break, Isela? Oh my God, that would be awful. No. <laughs> Thank God not. <laughs> I'm very thankful that you weren't either. Yes. You were um, also holding up the fort against any kind of centipedes. <laughs> there were two that tried to climb up my leg and bite me, but I was able to fight them off. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts so far? I think it sounds really wild. It's really unfortunate. I don't remember hearing about it. I feel like all of these things, I feel like we would have heard about, but I guess not. I mean, it sounds like a small, you know, place all tucked in the Indies. So maybe that's why it didn't make as much fanfare, news fanfare as I would have expected. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but that sounds awful. And it makes sense that the ants would come up if there was like lava coming out, then it was probably too hot for them or something. I don't know. There was no lava yet. All there were was just tremors. Um, maybe it was bubbling and boiling up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, crazy. Would you have stuck around or you had fled after the first couple of disasters started? I think I would have definitely left. I'm not, I'm not a stick around and find out girl. <laughs> I don't, again, and I also feel bad, like the people who live in the, the people who live in the tornado alley, like. God bless you guys, because I don't understand how you guys stay there. It's a, you know, it's going to come around. It's going to tear apart your beautiful homes and your memories. I, I just couldn't. I'd be like, I'm out of here. I feel the same way too. I think there's a lot of reasons that people stick around. I think for a lot of people, it might be a financial decision. You know, they might have a home or they might have 
inherited a home and they don't have the financial means to be able to relocate somewhere else. For a lot of people, that's where they grew up. That's where their family and friends are and they don't want to leave them behind. But yeah, I'm kind of the same way as you. I don't think I would be able to stick around somewhere like that where there's a risk of me dying once a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before the break, we discussed that there were many people concerned for the safety of the town and wanted to leave for Fort de France, which was the second largest city in Martinique. Ultimately, the townspeople didn't leave. Would you like to take a guess? A gander, if you will, as to why they stuck around. I guess it could be a combination of what you had said and maybe also, you know, if there was some pets and stuff like that behind. You don't want to leave those behind either. Livestock, if there's any livestock there, who's going to, you can't just get up and leave. So maybe there was something like that. There were two reasons. One, there was a national election going on in St. Pierre and the public officials wanted to keep the people in town in order to cast their ballots. Number two, the town formed a committee to assess the danger. Unfortunately, they didn't have a scientist on board. The closest thing that they could find to a scientist was a high school science teacher. And look, I'm not going to badmouth any teachers. I've had some amazing teachers that have changed my life immensely for the better. Yeah. I've also had those teachers that wheel in a TV every day and put on a movie while they read the newspaper, pick their nose, and spit in a soda can because they're dipping tobacco. My guess is that this teacher might have been the latter. The committee prepared a report that was sent to Governor Louis Motet that concluded that there was nothing in the activity of Montpellier that warrants a departure from Saint-Pierre. The safety of Saint-Pierre was completely assured. Due to this report, the people from the countryside flocked into Saint-Pierre for safety. This was a mistake that unfortunately, they wouldn't live to regret. On May 8th, just three days after the last disaster, to quote Mr. Glenn Danzig, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah, my heart is a breaking a loose. Yeah, my whole world's breaking loose. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... <laughs> I had to get that out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You love Danzig, of course. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so May 8th, 1902, Montpellier finally exploded, sending a, quote, murderous avalanche of white-hot lava straight towards the town. Montpellier was described as having a V-shaped notch that was cut through the cliff. The notch acted like a gun sight pointing down towards the town, oh, sending superheated gas, ash, and rock down at more than 100 miles per hour, or 160 kilometers per hour. It hit the ships in the harbor with hurricane force, capsizing several ships and killing all the crew. <gasps> the blast was so strong, it moved the three-ton statue 16 meters, or 52 feet, from its base. The rocks pulverized meter-thick masonry walls. The heat set several rum warehouses and distilleries ablaze. No, not the rum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's the first time I say something. <laughs> Yeah, and not just that, it sent rivers of flaming liquid down the streets. Jeez. Within three minutes, St. Pierre was completely obliterated. Mm. Of the 30,000 population, only two survived. Oh. One was a prisoner who was in a poorly ventilated dungeon-like jail cell. The other was a man who lived on the edge of town and was able to escape with severe burns. The article mentioned a young girl who escaped on a small boat to a cave being found adrift two miles from the island, injured and unconscious. 
They didn't explicitly say that she died, but I'm guessing she didn't survive her injuries. This event marks the only major volcanic disaster in the history of France and its overseas territories. What do you think? Pretty wild, as you would say, right? Yeah, dude, that's really awful. I mean, it went from bad to really bad to like, holy shit. And then in the, the end is like, my, yeah, just kill me. <laughs> just take me out. That's so awful. Yeah, it was really bad. Wow. I had not even heard of this. This is crazy. I'm surprised. I was surprised too. But you know me, I'm always looking for crazy, strange shit that yeah. that's kind of uh, not popular, but still pretty interesting. This is definitely up your alley. Definitely. There were a couple of discrepancies that I found with the number of survivors. There might have been a few more or less. So Naked History claimed two. Right. The Guardian claimed one survivor, but then they gave this account that is pretty gruesome. That made it sound like there might have been more. A ship called the Rodham managed to sail out of the harbor as ash and pumice rained down on its deck. The ship headed for St. Lucia with most of its crew dead or dying. The ship scorched and burned. When the Rodham was stopped by customs, they were shocked at the state of the ship and crew. When the customs officer asked the survivors where they came from, the captain replied, quote, from the gates of hell. I was going to say that, but I was like, you know what? I better not interrupt him. That's me. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, he was not lying. That's the bad thing. Yeah, totally not lying. The guy that was trapped in the dungeon-like cell apparently was down there for four days, <gasps> buried beneath a layer of ash before being discovered. His name was Augusti Sipari, and after being rescued, his sentence was suspended, and he spent the rest of his days touring with the Barnum and Bailey Circus as an exhibit and a replica of his prison cell. And in case you were wondering, the sentence he was serving was for assault. Oh, well, I guess assault isn't terrible, but... I, I mean, oh my goodness, I, that would be awful to be like, you're free, just kidding, you're going to be stuck in the cell, and everyone's going to look at you. That's, I don't know if that's worse, at least you could cry in your own privacy of your own, like, whatever, five by five cell or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was making the big bucks, so he made it worth it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> of the more than 3,000 volcanoes worldwide, only 150 of them are currently being monitored. There are so many more people alive today than there have ever been. So that makes more people, not less, vulnerable to perish from the aftermath of an eruption than any other time in history. The thing about this incident is that it's known as much for its volcanic eruption as it's known for the St. Pierre snake invasion. That's actually how I discovered this topic, the St. Pierre snake invasion. <laughs> yeah, how is that title not going to grab you? For sure. <laughs> this wasn't even the deadliest volcano eruption in history. According to USA Today, the worst was in Tambora, Indonesia in 1815. The volcano threw up so much smoke, ash, and other gases that it blocked the sunlight for months. Without the sun, no crops would grow. It was known as the year without a summer and caused summertime snow as far as North America and Europe. Oh, wow. The starvation and disease killed approximately 80,000 people. The second worst eruption also happened in Indonesia in Krakatau, about 200 miles west of Tambora in 1883. This was two explosions that could be heard at several points around the world 
It's believed that the eruption was the loudest sound ever in history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's wild. Wow. Now I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I know. It was even louder than an ACDC concert. <laughs> <laughs> and that motherfucker's always yelling. <laughs> yeah, I think they have a world record for being the loudest concert in history. Oh, that makes sense why he yells it. Like, he, he himself yelled. <laughs> Thunderstruck! It's, like, awful. <laughs> it's awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just think it's funny. The loudest sound ever in history. Yes. That's, that's really intriguing. Like, now I, I really do want to know what it would sound like. <gasps> Me too. Yeah. The dust that was thrown into the atmosphere blocked the sun and temporarily lowered the global temperature. Some parts of the world, including New York, were treated to vivid, red glowing sunsets. Giant waves engulfed the shores as a result of the explosion, killing more than 35,000 people. Mount Peli, which we've already discussed, rounds out the top three. Mount Vesuvius, also known as Pompeii, is probably the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of a volcano eruption. Same. That's not even in the top five. Wow. But since it happened in the year 79, we don't have accurate numbers. The estimates are that it killed between 1,500 and 3,500 people, or possibly up to 16,000 people. That's quite a delta. That is really <laughs> quite a range of uh, difference. <laughs> uh, those people from Pompeii, they were known to keep good records back in the year 79, I guess. I, yeah, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> oh, wow. Either way, that makes me very grateful about not living near a volcano. Yes, agreed. I, I think about Hawaii and how beautiful it is, yet I know how they were formed. And I'm like, no, I don't think I want to go. I don't even, I'm such a like a scaredy cat that sometimes I don't even think I would want to go visit that place. Because what if that's the one lucky time that I'm there and it decides to like, you know, spew up its little guts. <laughs> Same. I would be terrified also. And the thing about Montpelli is that the people of St. Pierre, they had already become complacent to it because, you know, seeing those vents of steam and the tremors, it was something that they were so used to that they didn't even think twice about it. Mm, damn, that's so sad. Do you have any other additional thoughts? Well, when you first said to people that uh, the, the article that you were saying, the naked one where it mentioned two survivors, the first thing I thought of was, can you imagine the survivor's guilt? That has to be the worst survivor's guilt out of this entire town. Only two people lived. And one of them's a prisoner. Of course it would be. <laughs> that part kind of struck me as like, oh no, these poor people, they must be, you know, racked with that survivor's guilt. I mean, it's a real thing for sure. Yeah, and everything that you probably have ever known Everybody that you've ever loved is gone in three minutes. All the places where you made all your memories, it's all there. And now it's not. Yeah. <laughs> From what it's, that's so, that, wow. Yeah, that's, um, that's a big story for, for it happening in such a small amount of time. Well, I guess granted it took a couple of days too, right? A few days. For it to blow its load. Yeah. Uh, but. Oh, I guess I should rephrase that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Although you're, I guess you're right. <laughs> and on that high note. Yeah. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week 
If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. Or if you just want to say hello. And my whole world's breaking loose, and a evil is as evil doesn't know. Oh, and God, I thought you were going to start to rap. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I don't know dancing at all. Oh, I don't think he's ever rapped. <laughs>